Mike, this is a very special time of year. It it's is the in most some ways one <laughs> wonderful time. <laughs> in many year. ways, actually, this 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 episode features a lot of that kind of thinking today. But mm-hmm. uh, it is a new wonderful time of the year. So every single year, at Relay FM, we thank our Relay FM members by offering them bonus specials uh, of content. So last few years, we've been watching movies together, Casey and I, and talking about them. And we have done it again. So coming on May 25th, if you're a Relay FM member, you will be able to listen to a Mike at the Movies episode about the Tom Cruise 1990 movie, Days of Thunder, which mm-hmm. is a uh, another racing movie. We did Ford and Ferrari, Ford versus Ferrari last time. We're doing Days of Thunder this time. It was another Casey suggestion. Um, I don't want to spoil it. We have already recorded it, so no spoilies. But it was a very fun discussion. <laughs> and if you're a Relay FM member, you will get access to that, along with a ton of other fantastic bonus content. The entire back catalog of bonus content, in fact. Uh, if you go to relay.fm slash membership, you can sign up. And hey, if you, you there's a lot of options for you, but you could support this show. You can support other shows. We'll really appreciate whatever you do. But of course, we'll appreciate it more if you support this show. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I love doing Mike at the Movies with you any time of year. I doubly love it when we get to do it for the members who, you know, we appreciate so very, very much. Um, if you wanted to become a member, and if you haven't yet already you know, become a member, I can't encourage it enough. And in no small part because not only are the Mike at the Movies that we do at, at the very least annually uh, very enjoyable and very fun, but I have to, I, I cannot resist plugging the Upgrade Cortex crossover mm-hmm. specials, mm-hmm. which in my personal estimation are themselves in, enough to justify membership in, in one or more Relay shows because they are so fun. I was actually, before we recorded today, I was uh, taking some chunks out of the edit of it. The edit oh, yeah? is a behemoth this time because we're doing uh, something is. different this year. Uh, we're still doing an adventure, but it's it's. I'm not going to say anything about it yet. But it's it's not the, it's not the same as we've done before. But we are doing Ooh. a crossover adventure episode. Um, but we're doing something slightly different, and the edit is so monumental. I actually had to bring in help. Uh, oh, so I, oh my the, word. I am on the second edit pass. Friend of the show, Brian Hamilton, helped me with the first edit pass. I think Brian put like 14 hours into oh the just clean up <laughs> edit. So it's going to be a chunker. Uh, and uh, that's going to be coming sometime later in the month. Uh, exact date TBD. That's that's tremendous. Seriously, the Snellatron episodes with Mike and Gray and Jason Snell are so incredibly fun and and they're so great and and I look forward to them every year. And you know, it's it, it's one of those things where like I would almost say you should make an entire dedicated podcast just to those, but then I think it might be too much of a good thing. Like what makes it so delightful is that you yeah. have all this time between it. And also the I mean, so look, obviously I thought of this because I enjoy it so much, right? But for me, what makes these shows, these 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 bonuses that we do so special is the work that's put into them. Mm, it is mm-hmm. an unsustainable amount of work <laughs> to put into a regular show, right? Uh, unfortunately. So it, it, re- it look, I would love it because I love doing those things, but I wouldn't be happy to put out something that wasn't so, you know, because we're doing like a very close, like, uh, cortex level edit which is mm-hmm. huge I, I actually you know people wonder when i say what is a cortex edit 
if you listen to the most recent episode of Cortex, we did some Ask Cortex questions and the last one was about kind of how we edit. And there's some, we spoke about it. I included some screenshots in the show notes of that show as well, like if you're interested. So we do that and then all the sound effects start going in and the soundscapes <laughs> are created. So it, it's, I think it's just a thing that I would never, I couldn't do it and still do all my other shows basically. You know, I'd have to give so much stuff up to find that time. Yep, I, I totally understand that. But they are great. And so many of the other member specials are great as well. And they I really, really enjoyed our special on Days of Thunder. Uh, so again, that'll come out on the 25th of May. But in general, it now is as good a time as any to go yep. to relay.fm slash membership. And you can get, like Mike said, you can get the entire back catalog as well as you all the so ones that are stuff. dropping this year. And we also, like you get Fusion and Backstage, which are monthly shows. You get the newsletter and access to the Discord. There really is mm -hmm. so much stuff there. Uh, we'll appreciate it. Obviously, so we, you know, I mentioned we've moved from, we used to do this in August, right? And now we're doing it in May. There's two reasons for that. Um, we wanted to get away from the podcast-a-thon. So could we do the podcast-a-thon fundraiser in September? And kind of from like July to September, when we, you know, when me and Stephen are not recording our podcasts and doing all of our other duties, we are completely focused on podcast-a-thon. And so we were trying to alleviate some of the, pressure from from us and from other hosts around that time of year it's also when people take vacations and stuff so august is like a bad time so then we wanted to move it and so we've moved it to may so it also doesn't conflict with wwdc right so just <laughs> get it done in may get them out of the way in may and then we can move on because summer weirdly gets busy because there is a lot of coverage in the tech world because there's a lot of stuff going on in the summer and then people start taking vacations then we're into podcast-a-thon then we're into the holidays. So going forward, yeah. we'll be doing all of our uh, member special content kind of around May time. And that's what's starting this year. Yeah, it's going to be May. Oh, all right, dear. moving right along. Yeah, you love it. Uh, moving right along. Uh, I am happy to report, and I'm going to try to make this quick because I don't want to rub anyone's face in it, but I'm happy to report that uh, as of tomorrow, as we record this, which means several days ago, as you've probably listened to this, I am, as John Gruber calls it, vaccinated which is to say uh, I will be two or two weeks post second shot. And I am extremely happy about that. And uh, we can probably explore that a little bit in a, if you want, because I have a couple of thoughts about that. But what is your current situation? What's the update? How's it going in the UK? Still waiting, but it's, it's moving. It was quite exciting last week. You know, we kind of started the week at people age 46 and over. Mm -hmm could get mm -hmm. vaccinated and every day it was going down and we ended like i don't know friday of last week and it's 40 plus now and that's where we are today so i was kind of like oh if we keep this pace up next week it will be our turn <laughs> what i didn't remember is it was a bank holiday weekend oh no so it seems to have slowed down my hope is maybe by the end of next week if the space that was happening last week can continue, and I haven't seen anything that suggests that there's any slowdown, my hope would be that by the end of next week, all fingers crossed and wood all uh, knocked, that we will be able to book our vaccine. Uh, so, or vaccination or jab, we'll call it a jab here. And then maybe <laughs> by the, so my hope would be maybe by the end of May, we'll both have gotten our first, which means I'll be on the exact timeline, best case timeline that I wanted. Because I want to be vaccinated mm -hmm. by September. That's right, my goal. Because right. then that will allow for potential for me to travel. Uh, and maybe maybe we'll be able to get 
to do the podcast with one in person. I have no idea if we're going to be able to do that, but I'm, we're definitely not going to be able to do it um, if I'm not vaccinated. So it, it, things things are moving pretty pretty well here. It, look, yeah, it continues to be like I spoke last time. It's really difficult to watch all my friends be done. Yeah, right. Like it that. kills me, but. The solace that I take in it is in it's not because we're doing bad, you know, like mm-hmm. here. Um, yep, yep, yep. And also, you know, goes without saying, but it's it's easy to feel good now when you look at what's happening in other places in the world, like especially India, which is just like as a time of recording is just it is the horror that was imagined. It's actually happening. Yeah. It's actually happening there, and it's yep, it's yep, yep. it's really hard to to kind of see what's going on over there. It's it's very very upsetting and scary. Um, I, I, you know, I can only hope that they can find some way to turn the tide on it. You know, and then there's a sliding scale of it. Things are moving very slow in a lot of Europe. So, I, f- I feel lucky that I'm in a country where the right steps were taken and we're moving through our vaccination plan. I have many friends now, family members who are uh, have had their first jab and are either getting or have had their second. So I'm really pleased that a lot of people that I care about are here as well as in the States are, are getting what they need. Um, we're continuing to, to take precautions. Things are opening up now a lot in the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, and we do. You know, there's like outdoor dining and stuff. I'm actually going to be meeting a friend for an outdoor dining experience later on oh, this nice. week, which is that hasn't been something that we've done. Uh, we've got an outdoor dining experience, take me and Adina together, planned for sometime next week. So, you know, things seem to be uh, pretty under control at the moment, and the government's kind of laying out its plan for opening stuff up kind of more widely and we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, it's like, it's like every other thing. Uh, I hope they're just going to continue paying attention to the data and the science. And I mean, it kind of seems unbelievable to think that in the summer, this will be somewhat in the rear view, rear view mirror, which doesn't feel like it's possible. But <laughs> it seems like it could be, you yeah, know, like for, for the UK and for the US especially. And that's just like a really weird, it's just like a really weird feeling, very strange feeling. It, it is, it is. You know, it, I think I might have said this last episode, but, um, you know, I, I particularly once quarantine started, I got even more religious about using day one, um, which if they were a sponsor, it was so long ago, I don't even remember. But uh, day one is a journaling app in, in different kind of journaling than, you know, like theme system journal. Um, you could call it a diary. But uh, anyways, I always had day one to keep track of things that, that were important, but particularly over quarantine. Uh, I tried very hard to make an entry every single day to just keep track of it because I think we'll want to look back on this in the future. And it has been particularly funny watching us go through the beginning of quarantine, you know, because every day I'll look at the entries from the last year, the year before that, the year oh, before yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. what it, what is May 4th in, in the years prior. And, you know, I remember seeing on like 
March 15th, which was like day three or two or something like day two, I think March 15th. Oh, we went to the airport because we were dying and needed something to do. And we just stood on the top of the airport, uh, parking lot and, and, or park, parking garage and watched the planes come in and, oh man, I'm sure this quarantine will be over soon. Right. And that was March 15th of 2020. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so it's been funny watching it, but it's also, um, it's been very weird for me, you know, cause uh, tomorrow as I record, I will be vaccinated, so to speak. And it's been very odd trying to figure out what my new comfort level is with stuff. And, and I think we talked about this a lot before. And so, uh, I won't go on about it too much now, but you know, Aaron is just about a week behind me, so she'll be vaccinated. I think next week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then at that point, you know, the two of us are hypothetically good, but the kids are not. And, you know, they're, they're varying points of view as to how risky it is for a kid to get, to get uh, COVID, but we're going to try our darndest not to expose our kids to it as best Mm. we can. But, but it makes me wonder like, what are my new thresholds? Like is outdoor dining okay now? And, and, and obviously that's for me to decide, well, me and Aaron to decide, but I don't really know. And, um, one thing that was very weird was a couple of days back, uh, a neighbor, a couple of doors down from us that, that we're very, very friendly with, they had their second kid. And so, um, we masked up and they masked up and we actually went into their house to see their new baby. And yep. that was outside of my parents. That was the first time I think I'd been in anyone's house in a year plus, you know, and, and there, it's, it just felt weird. You know, I keep joking and I do it deliberately. I keep joking that I'm allergic to the indoors because really outside of things that I feel are compulsory, I haven't spent more than like 10 minutes in any sort of establishment that I can mm-hmm. think of other than like a doctor in mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. And so now, now that I'm knocking on the door of vaccinated, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out and, 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 and I'm wondering, you know, what is my new and what will our family's new threshold for risk be? And I don't know. And we're kind of easing into it and kind of wading into the shallow end and seeing how we feel about it. But um, it's, it's trippy and it's, I'm thankful. God, golly, I'm thankful. Like I am not complaining. I apologize if I come across, like I'm complaining. I am so thankful, but, um, holy smokes. It is, it is something new. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be, my thing is, I think one thing that I'm really thinking a lot about is like, what will the social pressures be? Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I'm fully vaccinated and everyone else around me is fully vaccinated. Yep. But we're okay to do th- stuff, right? But right, right, right. Is there going to be a social pressure on us that we shouldn't? It's going to be interesting. It's, it's the yeah. funny thing, like I've been seeing. So in the UK, over the last week or so, there have been some like tests of. There's been like in certain parts of the country, there was a nightclub that was opened for mm. a night, like mm-hmm. a huge party, thousands of people. Oh my. Uh, yeah, and uh, they all had to uh, have negative tests and all that kind of stuff, but no social distancing, no masks, nothing. Um, similarly, there was a gig. It was like a music event. Same thing, and and they're all like they're controlled. Everyone's information is taken. Everyone has to have a negative test or two beforehand. And the idea is like we're going to do this thing, and then we're going to see what happens. Because <laughs> these are like, and you, yeah. you know, uh, the way that I look at it, I kind of feel like I understand that, right? Like, we can't just go from we're not doing any of this to everything's open again. Like, there has yeah, to be yeah, yeah. some tests done to make sure that the 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 thinking is sound, right? So they've had these events, and it's just been incredible to see the images 
of them because it feels like it's imagine. from another time. And yep. can you imagine what it must have felt like to be at that nightclub event? Nope. I cannot imagine, actually. <laughs> like, I was reading some things where people were just saying, like, they were just crying. Like, it was just this incredible experience for these people. And they're all young people, right, who have been locked away for so long. And mm -hmm. they're going out and living their young people life again. And yeah. it must have been just, oh, man, to be in that environment must have been pretty incredible. Oh my gosh, Dom in the Discord says, I have friends who worked at the gig that Mike's talking about. They were so excited. It's the first one that they've done in a year and a half. Oh my word. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, no, I, I'm, I've been saying Aaron recently, you know, it's funny or interesting that, you know, as we, as each day goes on, I feel like we as a, as a race, as a society earn, you know, the human race learns more about COVID and what's safe and what isn't. And so, for example, over time, I have become not completely, but more relaxed about doing things outdoors, you know, for example, and, and that I'm still not quite at the point that I'm ready to like sit outside and eat for the most part, unless mm -hmm. I'm very far away from people. But, but nevertheless, I've been less obnoxious about, you know, six feet, six feet, you know, stay back. And, um, and, and, and it, it's because it seems so much from what, I mean, obviously reach your own conclusion. I'm not a doctor, but it seems like this is so much more easily transmissible indoors. And, and so as time goes on, you know, in between the vaccinations and, and as we learn more about all of this, it's fascinating to see, uh, you know, what individuals comfort levels look like and then more globally, actually what everyone's comfort level is like. So that's super awesome that you're, you guys are being, are able to ease back into it. And I'm really hoping that I hear uh, some really good news from you and Adina in the next week or two uh, with regard to getting a jab. Man, that'd be so good. I'll be so happy. You will be. It, it'll, it'll be amazing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think you're really right on the edge in the best possible way. So you know what, Mike, there are, there are other things in life that also mm -hmm. make me happy and things like that include Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and often paying too much money with big wireless providers, it's no wonder that people are skeptical about new deals. So when you learn that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month, you could wonder, what's the catch? But once you learn more about them and their service, it makes sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret source is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no wild overhead costs that get paid down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on those sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for those extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone of any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Couldn't be easier. You just switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at $15 a month. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Casey, I know that you tried out a Mint Mobile SIM. Can you tell people how easy it was to get set up? Yeah, it was it was easy peasy. I was using it in my iPad and it took just a couple of minutes with their app and I was squared away and the service is great. Uh, no problems with it. it. It's fast and, and there's no nagging. I don't get random text messages on on any device about, you know, oh, it's time to check this or do that or have you considered this? You know, it's it, it basically just disappears. And I mean that in a good way that, you know, it's just it's there to work for you and nothing else. And in that sense, it's really great. So definitely recommend it.
To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash analog. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash analog. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash analog. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So there are some topics that I'll hear you talk about on other shows. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, ha-ha angry. Mm-hmm. Very rarely, I'm legitimately angry. I'm not going to accept this from you. Some, the, the, there are some topics, however, that I would legitimately quit this freaking show if you took it anywhere else. <laughs> and so I am overjoyed. I am delighted to uh, read the following Okay, in the show I thought notes. you were going to give me some jip here. No, 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 no. I am delighted to read the following in the show notes. It says, and I quote, the Hurleys are car shopping. Tell me more, my friend. What's going on? So, all right. If there's one thing that the pandemic has proven to us is we need a car now. We've reached that point in our lives where there's things that we want to do and things that we want to be able to do that we can't. Seeing more of the UK, taking little breaks, um, and even just having an option to get things to and from the studio easily, right? Without having mm-hmm. to get an Uber mm-hmm. or whatever. And so we've kind of come to the decision that we need a car. And as a bit of background, I have no driving license. I took some driving lessons when I was 18 or whatever the age was. Maybe I was 17. I don't even remember. And at that time, I lived much more centrally in London. So I would take a one-hour driving lesson and sit in traffic for 40 minutes, right? <laughs> and so, uh, by the way, this this topic was kind of semi-started in Upgrade Plus. On a recent episode of Upgrade Plus, we spoke about Jason's experience with a Tesla, spoke about it a little there, but now we're talking about it much more here. Plus, this it also was something that I wanted to do a couple of years ago. So I've spoken about this in the past. But So I don't have a driving license. Adina does. She has a full driving license. She learned to drive when she was 18 or whatever in Romania, um, drove a bit, and then just stopped driving, wasn't interested. And she, some time ago, swapped her Romanian driving license over for a UK driver license. So she has a full license. So she could just drive now, but she hasn't driven in a long time. Adina's currently taking some refresher driving lessons. So she's got an instructor, and they're just driving around together for a couple of hours. She's having a great time, doing a great job. So she is now like really keen to get a car because she's like into it, (laughs) loving it, excited about it. And once she uh, has gone through this whole process, uh, I'm going to be also taking driving lessons. I'm going to do the whole thing, the whole shebang, right? But Adina is going to be the one of us to drive the first. We always wanted to get an electric car because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one... Look, I'm not up for a debate with you on this one. Uh, I'm going to get an automatic license. I'm not going to get a manual license. I'm not even going to bother learning. Honestly, at this point, as much as I could, there's kind of no make point anymore, right? Yeah, there really isn't <laughs> because the I future could, is electric. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. I could make I mean? a passionate argument, but uh, uh, I, I wouldn't. You know, at this point, it's just not worth arguing at this point. Yeah, I I know why it's important to you. I know why it's important if you love driving to have that control. But True. as we are moving further and further towards electric cars, there just kind of isn't a point anymore to to go through the rigmarole and the additional effort that it takes to learn to drive a manual stick shift, as you would call it, 
car, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. It's much more complicated than the go-kart like experience of an automatic. <laughs> so, you know, like we're, we're going to do, and I'm, so I'm just going to get, you can do it in the UK. There's like, there's a separate test, just an automatic test. Right. So that's very funny because here in the States, I don't know of a single state in the United States wherein there is a difference between having an automatic driving license and a manual. It's just, do you have a license? Yes or no. There is differences with like I've never, commercial. Yeah, I've never come across it, but like it's mm -hmm. the kind of the thing where uh, you would never have to prove it until you're in trouble. Right. That's right. <laughs> true. You know what I mean? I didn't no, even know there was such a thing because like, why would you? But it is a thing you can do here. And then there was like some concern because we have a parking space in an underground car park in our building of which we cannot get power to. They won't uh, put it in. We don't have it. So it was like, well, that's our dream of having an electric car gone. Right. We were talking to our friends, James Thompson and his partner, Saskia. And I think it was Saskia who mentioned to us, like, well, what are you going to be mostly driving to? And most of our trips will be small trips around town. Let's, you know, like from our home to the studio, it's like four miles, right? So like, it's not a big trip. And most of the time we wouldn't be doing too much. It's like, well, if you had a car that had, say, 200 miles of range, you don't have to charge it once a week. Right. <laughs> and it true. was like, oh, now that's intriguing. Because mm -hmm. while we do not have charging, there is uh, charging options available to us in the places that we might likely go. So there's this like company in the UK, because... Electric charging points are kind of like, it's starting to pick up here. There's a company mm -hmm. in the UK that like, they own some parking spaces and you can just rent the parking space and plug in for any period of time, right? And we mm -hmm. have some of these spaces not too far from home and super close to the studio. So we could once or twice a week just rent one of these spaces out for say four or five hours and charge the car. Right. Nice. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, now we're in a different thing here because look, I just never want to have to deal with a petrol or diesel, as you would call gas car. I've never done it. So what's the point? It's like the same for me that I never rented a home. I went from living with my parents to buying my first house because I never wanted to have to, it got to a point in my life where it's like, I never want to deal with renting. So I'm just going to live at home until I can buy. Right. And I feel very similar about electric and uh, gas cars. I don't want to have to deal with a gas car. The future is clearly electric. I will feel better about my impact on the world. And so I'm just going to go, we're just going to go with electric. Plus, electric cars excite me. As Adina was saying, <laughs> it's just like a gadget for you. So she also yeah, yeah. feels like, and I understand this to a point, obviously I naturally disagreed at first, but I think that she's completely right. I will be more likely to want to learn to drive and actually drive if the car is like a toy for me. Yeah, that's right? true. So this is where we are. now. Look, the, there's a couple of things as well. We will have this car for longer than we are in our current home. Hmm. Right? Okay. Because we are expecting to maybe start the process of looking for a new home in maybe a year's time. Right? Mm -hmm. And so we want to, with our next home, actually have a house with a 
driveway or a garage, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what we want. Who knows if mm -hmm. we're going to be able to do that, but that's what we want. So, but we will also then include in our process of getting our next home a way to charge the car, right? So we may only be dealing with this like, all right, going to make sure we charge the car on Wednesday, drive it to the place, plug it in, walk home, go pick it up in the evening, right? right? Like right, it's right, not right. really like it's, it's like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk from the, the one we have at home and at the studio, it's like a couple of minutes, right? So like it really wouldn't be too much of a problem, but it's like, it's the same as also thinking about taking longer trips, which we want to do. The thing about an electric car right now, there's just extra planning, right? So we'd have to plan our way that we charge it at the moment. And if we wanted to go on longer trips, we also have to plan, right? You have to be like, all right, so you've got to make those amount of stops, blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of where we are. We're understanding that if we decide to go down this route, there will be some additional things we have to think about, but we also feel like it would kind of balance based on what we're looking for. Uh, it excites us. I'm not excited at all about buying a gas car it just doesn't excite me but for some reason i'm very excited <laughs> about buying an electric car i, I feel like you, you i feel like you're very worried about how i'm going to take this topic i'm with you no I, no, no. I, i'm not I, worried about this I, I i'm just setting the stage to to talk about it because we we do have a abnormal like thinking process right like yeah. i think what we are doing is not a thing that most people in our scenario would do they would say well we're not going to get it until we know we can charge it right Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. that's kind of just not what we're doing. We're doing something yeah. different to, to what I think would be the conventional wisdom for how you would do something like this, right? I'm sure. So we spent the weekend watching a bunch of YouTube videos. <laughs> so are you familiar with what car? No, I don't think I am actually. It's like, I don't really know how to describe it, but like basically we searched on YouTube for a specific car and we found a review we watched the review by that person it's a british company uh, i think it's a magazine and also like a trading place. you can buy cars from what car mm -hmm. and then once we watched one video we then decided to just watch a bunch of videos by the same place because mm -hmm. we wanted to you know it gives you like a, a, a comparison because we were starting with looking at a car that Sam in our Discord right now is going bananas over for me to look at, which is the <laughs> Honda E. Oh, God, that thing is so darn adorable. You, right. if you, you cannot get one because I will be jealous. It's a beautiful car that has just fantastic design, and it has that futuristic car vibe going oh, very on much so. mm -hmm. in a way that actually works. Because I think a lot of the way that the, the futuristic car design for electric cars just looks stupid in many instances, but yeah. this one looks fantastic. Now, there are, we were look, watching the videos. Everything looks great about this car. There are a few issues with this car for us. Um, one, the mileage. So, like, it's, it's kind of range is the word, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like... Best case scenario, like 160 miles. Ooh, yeah, that's which a is little tight. Not a lot for the money, right? There are cars in its class that have much, much better range. The in-car entertainment system, we were watching some videos about it. It looks abysmal. It has CarPlay. Oh, really? It does huh. have CarPlay, but like the lag on the screens looks terrible, and it's all screens on the front, right? 
it's one of those mm. kind of cars. But it looks mm-hmm. like they haven't actually done a very good job with the the software that powers it and the the boot, as I would call it. You call it the trunk. Yep, yep, yep. Tiny mm-hmm. on this car. Huh. Well, I mean, it's not a big car. It's a very, very small car. So No, but again, it's like compared to some other cars, super small. Sure. But I think but, aesthetically, though, golly, aesthetically, that's got to be the clear winner. But I love it. Right. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where like I want to I want this to be the car, but I don't think I can justify the mileage for its price. Yeah, I can understand that. So, you know, I'll just say as well for price. So like the, this car's like thirty thousand pounds or whatever, and it has hundred and thirty seven miles maximum range capacity. Something that I learned in colder climates, that will be less. Hello, oh, yeah. I live mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom. <laughs> so for most of the year, maybe I would get like 90 miles out of it. And that's just mm-hmm. not going to fly. Like that's super low. Again, because as well, there are cars in its price class and relative size that have 50 to 70% more mileage range. Sure. So, but it's, it's still, I still can't let go of it because I think it looks so beautiful. So you know, we kept looking around. Uh, did I, I don't know if I finished my sentences, but we're gonna we're gonna lease the car. Is that what it's called? Oh, like mm-hmm. finance, right, or whatever? Because that well, just that's makes two the most different sense. things, right? I know that, that's so. Well, just I'm not to be sure clear, which one we're gonna do. So. so just so in case listeners aren't aware, so at least in America, and I presume it's the same there. Leasing means it's just like you know rent. What I would call renting an apartment, which really is leasing an apartment. So you you are going to use the car for, you know, two to four years or five years or whatever, and you'll pay a monthly price, you know, a monthly fee for usage of the car. And then at the end of that lease, typically you will give the car back or alternatively you can give the lumps, a lump sum of money to the dealer to buy the car outright. Yeah. Or what a lot of people would do is give the car back and get another one. Yep, exactly. And then financing means you will own the car at the end of it, period. However, you don't have the money to just plunk down right Mm -hmm. now. So you're going to borrow the money in order to pay off the loan. And at the end of that loan, without question, that will be your car through and through. So depending on the car we go for, I think will depend on it. Because if we get one of the really small cars like the Honda E or the next one I'm going to talk about, we could imagine wanting to upgrade to a bigger car down the line. Mm-hmm. The Honda E is so perfect because it is a five-door as well, which is something that we want, where a lot of the cars in its size are not. They're three-door cars. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's that range. The range is so small. Yeah, that really is disappointing. It's it's Because it's not a small car, right? Like, it's a small car, but it's not a tiny car, right? Is what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. its range is really disappointing. Then we found the Fiat 500E. Oh, Federico would be so proud. He actually, I said this to him. He doesn't like Fiat. I'm not sure why we didn't get into it. Uh, oh, he said he has odd. a personal issue. I, I don't know what it is. I, I didn't bother asking because with Federico, that usually means there's a big story and <laughs> I have yet to get into that with him. So the Fiat 500e uh, looks super cool, uh, I think. And I love the design of it. Um, it has much, much better range in the... 200 plus uh, mile range, I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. 
Um, it has, depending on the one that you go for, some level of uh, autonomous driving type stuff like the lane correction and all that kind of stuff that some of the mm -hmm. things that the Tesla has. I think they call it level two, whatever that means. Oh, yeah. I can never keep them straight, but I understand what you're saying. So it's got a bunch of stuff going on. It says uh, they do like 194 miles typical, and then they have a bunch of like settings that you can do to get it to like 270 or whatever. Um, right, right. I think this car has this cool feature, which is the one-pedal driving. Have you heard of this? Yeah, that's the way Teslas typically work. I didn't know it? that about Teslas, but they, this mm -hmm. car has it too, where like it's using regenerative braking, and every time you take your foot off the accelerator, it's just braking, and it's, it helps extend the mileage. Um, unfortunately for us, like we wanted to get we want more than three doors just because it's easier. And mm. there is a version that's called the three plus one, where on one side it has a kind of half door, but it's oh, only yeah, available yeah. in yeah. Europe. It's not available in the UK. Oh, that's too bad. Who could tell why? Um, it has like nice, very nice looking interior. Uh, I'm really into this car, right? For me, I think this could be a winner. Like I love it. Uh, super nice. I think it looks fantastic. It has some very quirky features. Well, it's Fiat. I mean, what are so, you going to do? Most electric cars, I believe, I think this might be a law, I think under 12 miles an hour, you're going to correct me on this if I'm wrong, they have to make a sound when they're driving. Oh, that might be a UK thing, but yes, I know okay, what you're talking it might be, about. I reckon it'd be a European thing. And most cars, they make a kind of car-like sound. This car plays a little jingle. Oh my gosh. When you drive oh, on the no. website somewhere, uh, it, it has a sound recording of the jingle. Uh, and so it plays this little Italian jingle as you drive around, which I kind of love and hate at the same time, which is very intriguing for me how mm. I feel this way about it, but but I do. Uh, I think that the car looks great. And this is like my winner in this size class. Like we looked at a bunch. There is a Volkswagen car called the E-Up, which I, I hate. The what? E -up. I've not even heard of e -up. this. Volkswagen uh, I, uh, The e name up. of it enrages me. I hate the name, and so we would never consider this car, but the, the interior looks trash on it. Uh, oh, interesting. So I was going to bare. suggest the ID3, which is... Looked at the ID3, and again, I think the ID3, this is the Volkswagen, mm -hmm. the ID3, again, like the I was really undersold by the interior of the car, and and it's purely because like that's what you're interacting with most of the time, right? Sure. And these cars aren't cheap at yeah, all. I can understand that. And mm -hmm. so I'm kind of like, I want to feel like I'm sitting in something luxurious if I'm going to be paying that kind of money. And I feel like this car, just it didn't have that from the videos that I was watching. Uh, and like they were kind of like, there's a lot of plastics, like hollow plastics yeah, and stuff like that. I can understand so, that. But it does have 336 mile range. Uh, I think that's a bit optimistic, but well, that's the, also the the tour, the ID three tour, which is specifically built to be, I think, the fanciest one of them all. I have no idea what the cost is on this. The base level ID three has two hundred seventeen miles, which is certainly better than your one fifty or whatever the Honda had, but but not dramatically better. Uh, but yeah, the ID three tour apparently three hundred thirty six mile range combined WLTP, whatever that means. That's that's where they're saying like this is the best case scenario. Like it's not mm, the mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, I, th I believe is um, so. I will say for this car, Adina is more uh, warm on it than I am. If my memory is serving me correctly, I am not into the ID three. 
because as well, if, if I'm remembering correctly, that one of the things that we're considering is cost size, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't, we have somewhat smaller roads here than you have, like not so oh, definitely, yeah. right? And so cost size has been a consideration, which is why we were thinking of getting small car. But the ID3 is very close in size to the Tesla Model 3. Is it really? I, I don't yeah. have any good gauge, but it, it doesn't strike me as so, so. I know. All right, so I, I will tell you. I will tell you. I'll tell you. I've got the dimensions here. A Tesla Model 3 is 4.6 meters long by 1.8 meters wide. It doesn't matter about the conversion, Casey. It's not important for this. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, the with, you, I'm with you. ID3 is 4.2 meters long, 1.8 meters wide. So it's basically oh, really just as wide and a little bit smaller in the length. And really for us, I think width is going to be more of a problem than length um, in mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. situations. Because So then when we're getting towards that, I mean, obviously there's a price difference, but... Obviously, I want a Tesla, right? For so many reasons. So even the three is so expensive, though. They're super cool, and the range is unparalleled, right? Tesla Model 3, we're looking at like 300-mile range or something. And they're beautiful, and they're super cool, and then you have the supercharger, right, as well. Which And there are superchargers here. So at the moment... Our three contenders are, our main two contenders really is the Fiat 500e and a Tesla Model 3. That's got to be a humongous price difference between the two, I've got to imagine. So the Fiat 500, at the spec that we would want it, I think is getting towards 30,000 pounds. And a Tesla, the spec that we would want it, is like 40. No, it's not as big a difference as I expected, but that's a significant difference though. Exactly. So this is why Tesla keeps coming up because naturally we would assume, oh, it's way more expensive than what we would want. But when we mm-hmm. start specking them out and like admittedly, we've not done the full on spec, like it's very basic, yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah. we're not adding in all of the additional parts, but the price, di- the price is different, but closer yeah, than you yeah. would think. So Really, the next stage for us is well. The first stage is that like you know, needs to feel completely comfortable to drive on her own, and then we're sure. going to try and. I think I think what she wants to do first is to hire a Tesla, and mm. drive that mm. and see what it's yeah, like yeah, to yeah. drive in a car that big, and see yeah. where we go from from there. Because the thing about the Tesla is that its range and the features that it has for like, uh, supercharger and stuff. A lot of the questions about longer trips, that doesn't become a problem anymore. Where if we're using a more conventional electric car, where we're relying on the infrastructure of smaller companies to provide the charging points, things get way more murky about what's available, what's working, what isn't. And so it adds concern. You know, because like something Adina was saying, like she's, oh, you know, I would feel more comfortable maybe if we were then driving out of the city that we would hire a car and use that for out of the city where I'm like, well, if we're going to do that, why don't we actually think differently about the car we're going to get buy for ourselves, right? Because if we're then paying for a car and then paying for another car because our car can't get us to where we want to be, maybe we need to think differently about the car we're actually getting. Yep, I agree with that. 
But I, I don't understand your range anxiety. I mean, the the whole of your wee island nation is only like 50 miles across and like 100 yeah, miles yeah. up down. Shut right? up, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. That was very funny. I couldn't I can't help. believe it I took you this long. I couldn't help, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, we I'm could sorry. drive to Europe too, right? Like that's and the actually, thing that's that would be point. impossible I, to us. And I'm very jealous, actually, as much as I give you a hard time. But we can't cross the country in any car. It is not possible to do that. Actually, was it? Uh, I, I should watch that episode again. There was a Top Gear episode where Clarkson took a diesel Audi. I want to say it was like an A6 or an A8 and drove from like London to Scotland. Is that right? Yeah, they did the whole country and it was like the they were running out of gas kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Was and fun. it was like 800 miles or something like that. So I, I'm giving you a hard time, but I know that this is a very legitimate concern that you that I don't blame you for having at all. We just want to make sure that we have thought about it all, right? Um, before we do it. So that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I, I like the options you've come up with. I, I'm disappointed that the ID3 isn't more of an option, but I don't know enough about it to be able to say why you're right or why you're wrong. Um, nevertheless, I, I would have recommended the e-Golf, which is not being made anymore, but that's an electric version of my exact car. Uh, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. However, like I said, they're not made anymore. And beyond that, I don't think the range was near what you want. You know, I, I don't, I don't really have that much against the Model 3, to be honest. I much prefer the Model S over the Model 3, but the Model S in London would be not only ostentatious, but just preposterous and way too big. Mm -hmm. Leaving aside the obscene cost of a Model S, it's way too big for London. Way, way, way too big. Um, the, the, the Honda E, I concur with basically everything you said with regard to how cool it looks and how the tech looks like it's just incredible. Um, I, I, I would be very disappointed, though, if that touchscreen was as bad as you say it is and i have no reason to believe that you're wrong yeah if you if you watch videos of it like the honda e it, it really doesn't look like they fully thought out the the technology aspect yeah but like i, I would that. get i would think i could get by with that because it has carplay um, right. so that that would be the one down that's like the one mark on the tesla for me yeah i was about to say like with like, every other uh, car i was saying like carplay is a requirement yep but the Tesla has enough going for it that I would allow it to get off of that where other cars I wouldn't. So like the Honda E has CarPlay. So like it would only be annoying when we need to access something about the car, but I assume we wouldn't be doing that too often. I guess most of the time you set things up and then you're good to go. Right, it really right. is just the range. I, I, honestly, if the Honda E had a 200 plus mile range on it, that's what we would go for. Yeah, I can I can understand that. And and I think you're probably right in the way you've laid this out. And as much as I would love to bicker with you about, you know, particulars here and there, I, I think your your choices make perfect sense from what little I know about the electric cars that are available there. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know anything about Citroen or, or or Skoda or any of the other marks then. We've looked at some of these and they're they're okay, let me be honest, right? We've looked at some of these other cars and there are a lot of pluses and people are gonna tell me why I should get the Skoda or the Kia or whatever. I don't really like the way they look. And, and that's fair. if I'm going to spend the, like an obscene amount of money in theory sure. on a car, like I want to be happy with the way that it looks and none of those cars do it for me. Yep. I, I totally understand that. And you're not wrong to think that way necessarily. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good list. Uh, obviously, uh, please keep me in mind and keep me updated and the show for that matter uh, as, as you get closer to pulling the trigger on this. But uh, I think you will find that 
it will be a bit of a burden at first because you are adding complexity into your life. But the very first time that you go on a road trip and don't have to worry about what I would call renting, you would say hiring a car mm-hmm. to do it. I think you would you will immediately be so thankful and so appreciative of it. And I'm really stoked for you guys. I think this will be great. You know what you could do? is you should start like a blog going through the purchasing and then owning of the car. Mm -hmm. And it would be so nice if there was an easy and simple place to do that. Do you know, I wish I knew of somewhere like that. I know somewhere just like that, Casey. It's called Squarespace. Squarespace is Ah. the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they have got you covered. Because Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful modern website. You start with a professional designed template and use drag and drop tools to make it your own you can customize the look and feel the settings the products that you have on sale or more with just a few clicks and all squarespace websites are optimized for mobile your content automatically adjusts so it's going to look great on any device that your visitors are coming from you're also going to get free unlimited hosting top of the line security and all of the dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade to Squarespace, and they have award-winning 24-7 customer support, so if you need help, they're on hand. They even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and take advantage of everything you're going to want for SEO and email marketing to help get your ideas out there to the widest audience possible. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new website, showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs, publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and so much more. And I've used Squarespace for multiple things. I've used it for events. I've used it for business stuff, blogs, and portfolios. I've used Squarespace for everything because over the years, I have different ideas. I want to put them out there. Squarespace is where I go to. And you should too. Go to squarespace.com slash analog and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash analog. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of Analog and Relay FM. So it's almost that time of year. When are we recording the next episode? It'll be... Well, so this is... It's actually funny because one of the things that I will want to talk about during this segment actually applies to our show directly. So... Uh, it is the beginning of May, and just over a month, or about a month when this is released, WWDC begins. So mm-hmm. WWDC 2021 is another online affair. Uh, <laughs> it is an online event from the 2020. Uh, WWDC was the same, and I'm thinking, yeah, what are your plans? What are you thinking about? Uh, is there anything different that you want to do this year to last year? Yeah, definitely. Um, when WWDC was announced last year, it was two or three weeks later than it typically is. Mm-hmm. It's almost always the first week or maybe second week of June. And so when we scheduled our beach vacation in the very, very beginning of the year before the world ended, um, we had scheduled it for the end of June. And sure enough, because of the world ending, that's when WWDC was. So outside of the keynote and like State of the Union, you know, the stuff that happens the first day, I barely paid attention to Dub Dub last year you know, because I was busy vacationing. This year, we are not overlapping our vacation with WWDC. So uh, my plan is to actually pay attention this year, which is going to be great. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and so my, my experience is going to be quite a bit different, but that's just completely circumstantial. Mm. Um, 
I'm definitely missing, like leaving aside how dangerous and, and unwise it would be to bring a worldwide developers conference all into one location. Like putting that aside just for a moment, I'm really missing WWDC for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I I miss seeing my friends first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I miss learning about all these things in person. And I miss meeting listeners. I miss hanging out with people that I didn't know and, and being able to do live shows and being able to watch live shows and and all of the things that surround WWDC. It was always one of my favorite weeks of the year, even though in, in a lot of ways it was deeply stressful. In a lot of ways, it was extraordinarily tiring. In a lot of ways, it was work, um, but it was also incredibly fun. And and as much as I like to snark about how San Jose shuts down at you know nine o'clock at night when we're there, it still was a fun place to go. Uh, in many ways, I preferred San Fran- uh, San Jose over San Francisco. Um, I I miss being there. I miss seeing my friends. I miss seeing listeners. I, I miss so much of it. But obviously, this year is not the year to bring it back. If there is a year to bring it back. Um, and, and so instead, you know, we're going to do it online again, and I'm looking forward to giving it an honest shake this time, because again, last time by my own personal circumstance, I didn't really have the opportunity last year. I feel like you either accidentally or, or somehow got backed into way over committing. Am I remembering right? Uh, Oh, I messed up. Well, there's like a couple of things that happened where like, I was just kind of like, ah, if I'm not going anywhere, like I don't need to change anything about my schedule. (laughs) seems like it would be fine. Uh, and you know, it's like, oh, nice, nice and easy. And then, so, you know, I've been lucky over the last year to get the opportunity to speak to a bunch of people at Apple and, you know, to do interviews for, uh, shows and, and I've had some like briefings and stuff like that. That all started at last year's WWDC. So that's true. I had, I did two interviews that week with people at Apple for different shows, one for Upgrade and one for Connected. Mm-hmm. So I became incredibly overcommitted, right? <laughs> like I had like two or three extra shows to record on top of all of my other shows, whilst also trying to stay on top of WWDC. And the difference of staying, of, of, of keeping track of the conference when you're not there is there is more of a requirement to consume the information. When you are yeah. at the conference, one of two things happens. Either you don't know what's going on, because how are you going to know? You're at a place doing a thing. Well, the other right. is you just pick up information through osmosis of being around people. But yep, when yep. there isn't a physical conference, you, everybody's in the same boat, and it is my responsibility at that point to be well-versed about what's going on so I can talk about it on the shows. I don't have an excuse, right? The yeah, excuse yeah. of, I'm at WWDC doesn't exist. So for me, going into this year's conference, I'm going to be clearing the deck of shows that don't need to be recorded that week or I don't need to be on, right? Mm, Same mm -hmm. as what I would do if I was actually traveling there. So I will be vastly reducing the amount of stuff that I will do that week uh, to allow for me to have some flexibility in the schedule to actually consume the uh, information. And fingers crossed, if I get the opportunity to speak to anybody again, then I will have the space for that. Then I'll also prepare for that and do everything else that I need to do. So I'm, I'm going to make this year easier on myself um, going in, which I didn't do last time. And the reason that is pertinent to us is we would actually be recording on the Tuesday after the keynote. We will not be doing that. So 
later on the two of us need to work out exactly when we're going to be recording because <laughs> it ain't going to be that day. Fair enough. Yep, that makes sense. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I certainly I think I heard you talking about this. I've been talking about this a little bit. I'm I'm very intrigued in particular about what the iPad gets for this year. I'm not trying to turn this into connected upgrade or ATP, but uh, most especially the iPad looks like it's due for some interesting software changes. And so I'm very curious to see what happens and very excited for it. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Like they did a lot last year uh, in a way that you would have figured they wouldn't have been able to. And so yeah. my expectations are pretty high this year. <laughs> you know, I, I want really good software and really good hardware. Like I, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Uh, and I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, but I'm... Um, I've got high hopes, and I'm. I think. I mean, I. I also am really intrigued to see how another online event goes. I mean, I've said this in other places. I'll say it again for prosperity's sake. I don't think that they will be bringing the in-person event back. I. I go back and forth. I think they will, but I do not at all feel strongly about that. I'm like. 55% in, in saying they will and 45% of me says they won't. Or if they do, it will be significantly changed because so the benefits that Apple get through doing it this way is the sessions can be recorded at any point leading up to the event so they don't have to get rid of everybody at the same time. They can be any length. They can be edited. And then they can be distributed to everybody at the same time. There's no requirement to come to WWDC to speak to people in labs. So that cost element is down and it levels the playing field for all developers and it makes it a much more approachable uh, endeavor. You know, like everybody, there is always you know, a segment of every tech podcast leading up to WWDC every year is talking about how expensive WWDC is. <laughs> that won't be a thing anymore if there's no conference. Sure. And I, so my main reason for thinking this is the press release this year it didn't speak at all about how much of a shame it is that we can't be in person or even reference mm. that WWDC was ever an in-person event. What it did talk yeah. about was how inclusive WWDC was and how many people it reached. It's like, this is the last, like 2020 was the biggest WWDC ever, reached more people than ever. And I, yeah. I, I just yeah. don't know how they would, um, how they could counter that or they'd go back from that. Well, I mean, this is like, why would you watch video on an iPod? Hey, iPod video. It's not the um, same thing. I, I don't think it's, uh, it's not the same, but I don't view it as that particularly different. I, If I were them, if I were their marketing department, I would absolutely say, hey, look how great this is. Everyone can participate. We, and then next year, how great does it feel to be able to come back home? Look at us. We're, so we're that's bringing why, it all like, back. I could imagine there is some element, but like, I could imagine that like, if you're at WWDC, you sit in a room and watch presentations on a screen. Right, that would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that, where I could imagine them leveling the playing field more and making it that, like, if you sign up online, you get a very um, similar experience now. Well, I can understand that. I mean, Zach in the chat says, "I agree with all those advantages Mike laid out of a remote WWDC, but I really want to go back to mm -hmm. San Jose." I agree with that. And not to say that you don't for the record, but, um, you know, well, I wouldn't, I don't really want to go back to San Jose particularly. I prefer to go back to San Francisco, <laughs> actually. Like, I've been thinking about this. San Jose has its nice things, but overall San Francisco, I think is, is better for the conference, like as a conference attendee. 
Mm, I'm not sure I agree with you on that, but we can argue about it another time. San Francisco, I mean, maybe a different part of San Francisco, uh, but like, I just mean like for, if you're going to an event, it's just like, there's no way to eat in San Jose. There's like, it's it's really not, I don't know. I go back and forward on it, but it, they both have their nice parts, but I think overall as a city, I tend to prefer San Francisco. Maybe this is just like a, I haven't been there for a while. So like I, it's a recency bias or the opposite yeah, of yeah. recency bias thing. I don't know. I don't, either way, I am looking forward to it, and certainly I'm looking forward to see seeing what happens next year because I think there is a the, one could reasonably expect <laughs> this will be claim chowder for a year from now. One can reasonably expect that it could be back in person next mm-hmm. year. I'm not saying it will be, but you know it could be. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I, I'm I am looking forward to it. I miss watching your live shows. I miss doing a live show. I miss seeing you because gosh, this is the longest it's been since I've seen you since we met. It's I miss I miss everything, and I hope it comes back. But you know, it it, it is what it is. And you know, one thing I don't miss though is having to be on hostile Wi-Fi where you wow. never know what's going on over the Wi-Fi. And you're really putting a lot of work into this recently. I'm I'm really trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, there's ways that you can make hostile Wi-Fi not so hostile, or from what I'm told anyway. I don't know if you know anything about this. I can tell you about ExpressVPN. Would you like to hear about it? I would love to. A few decades ago, it was really easy to be a private person. The internet has changed that. Think about everything that you ever browsed and searched for, watched or tweeted, every video that you've seen, every message that you've sent. All of this stuff is possible depending on what services you're using to be crawled through, collected, aggregated by third parties. And having your private life exposed for others to take advantage of is something that only celebrities would worry about. But in an era where everybody's online, there's actually a sense of us all being public figures because our data can be taken and used in ways that we don't want. And that's why you can turn to ExpressVPN. Because there are hundreds of data brokers out there. Their business is to buy and sell your information. This is something we're only hearing more and more about these days. The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to. They don't have to get your consent. One of these things is your IP address. This can be uniquely identified for you and your location. So that's how people can say like this, this person, they're in this place. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. So when you turn on ExpressVPN, you're given random IP address that's shared with other ExpressVPN customers, which makes it way more difficult for third parties to identify individual people and use that data. The best part is how easy it is to use ExpressVPN. No matter what device you're on, your phone, your laptop, even your smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button and you are protected. My favorite thing about ExpressVPN is I get the ability to say that I'm in a place that I'm not. So I can say, hey, I'm in the US right now when I'm actually in the UK. And then I can get access to content that is otherwise restricted from me because of silly geolocation stuff. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog, and you can get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash analog. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog to learn more right now. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Recommendations? Let's do some. All right, sounds good. Uh, I... Have heard a lot about your first recommendation, and I'm and I'm curious oh. to hear your thoughts about it. I've not experienced it though, okay. so I am completely ignorant. I am clueless, no as they say. Uh, yes, please, that's correct. Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. You watch Breaking Bad? I did, and I loved it. Aaron oh, then you got you got to put this on your list. List. Uh, yeah. So, so what I'll say. So we watched Breaking Bad uh, mm-hmm. again. Uh, we just started watching it, and then for some reason. Uh, 
like it ended up being a thing like loads of people watching it it was trending for a while I don't know like you know these weird things where like you just start watching a thing and you think it's your own decision I don't know if it was our own decision but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen Breaking Bad through once when it was originally on um, Adina had only gotten like halfway through the first season and couldn't watch it anymore she, yeah, she didn't see, like the stress like, of it that's that's Aaron exactly like yeah. Aaron liked it and stuck with it for a couple of seasons and then eventually was like look I, I just I can't do this anymore okay. and she would ask me after I watched an episode like alright give me the short short on what yeah. happened because she was interested in the story and the characters she and whatnot. just read but... it on Wikipedia like a novel right you can just yeah, read right. all this. <laughs> it's true but, actually, um, right. so we once we got through the first season Adina was much happier with it because the show does relax a little bit after season one in my opinion like the first half of season one is very, very heavy, very high pressure, and they spread it out a little bit more once you get into the later seasons. Mm-hmm. There's still these high pressure moments, but I feel like they are less frequent, and I think that actually lends to the show being better overall. Um, so we watched the whole thing through, and then I wanted to keep the feeling going. I'd never seen Better Call Saul. I remember when the show came out, I was disappointed because I wanted more Breaking Bad, right? And that it didn't seem like that was going to be the show that it was. But our friend, friend of the show, Stephen Hackett, absolutely loves Better Call Saul and is always saying how much he likes it. So mm-hmm. I, we decided, all right, we'll watch it. And this is a Netflix show. And one of the reasons that this Netflix show exists is, you may not know this, outside of the U.S., Breaking Bad was shown on Netflix. It was one of the first shows where oh, they did huh. the like simultaneous release thing. So like it whatever what network was Breaking Bad on? Do you remember? Uh AMC, I believe. All right, so I like I think that's right. It would play on AMC and then the same day would become available on Netflix outside of the US. Ah, okay. okay. So this is one of the things they did very early. So I think they'd seen such Netflix has seen such success of Breaking Bad that they created a spin-off show with Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad called Better Call Saul, and it focuses on one of the characters, a lawyer called Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. There are some tonal overlaps, there are character overlaps, but it is a very different show. And I actually think I prefer it to Breaking Bad. It's more my kind of thing. There's a lot of drama there still, but there's more heart and comedy in the show. And the story is fascinating and small compared to what Breaking Bad is a very big story but better call mm-hmm. soul is really focused there's like a core story that's going on for the whole five seasons the final season's coming next year i think it was supposed to be 2021 but got pushed to 2022 and i really love the way this show comes together i adore it um and you know it is such a fantastic show and uh plays Saul Goodman. It is uh, oh, Bob Odenkirk. Yes, it yes, yes. It is a great role for him. Um, you know, they do, a, if you've seen Breaking Bad, they do a great job of like bringing some characters in, you know, like, hey, it's that guy, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. aha, mm-hmm. it's there, you know, and it's, it's based in the past. It's actually a prequel. Right, which right, is right. funny because they have to try and make everybody look young, and that is to varying success. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really adore Better Call Saul. If you have enjoyed watched and enjoyed Breaking Bad, I really recommend it. I don't know what it's like to watch this show having not seen Breaking Bad. Um, I don't know how much you need to know, honestly. Like I, I can't speak to that. Uh, but right, I, right. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I really do need to check it out, and if it's less. 
intense and stressful than Breaking Bad, then at least I'll have a prayer of Aaron Here's watching the thing, it. right? Breaking Bad, there is nobody to root for. Everyone is not yeah. great, you know? Yeah, that's, that's probably true. You, you end up rooting for one character, no spoilies, a little bit more towards mm. the end of the show than you would mm. have initially mm. at the start of the show. But in Better Call Saul, there's like four characters that you can root for in different ways at different times. Like there's mm. always someone that you can get behind. That's cool. And that's one of the things that Better Call Saul has that Breaking Bad doesn't. I got you. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Uh, no, I, de- I definitely should give that a chance at some point. I think it was Merlin that's been carrying on in a good way about mm. how good uh, Better Call Saul oh, it, is. It, so. It's so good. It's really funny. Very clever, too. Um, I like it. A little piece of trivia, by the way, before we move on. Uh, Vince uh, Gilligan, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. How about that? Hooray. <laughs> I know you're excited. I, I, hey, that kind of thing, we, that like born in thing, it does, it does nothing for me. Well, you know what? You live in London, man. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, civilization so, to some degree came right, from London. Right. I, I got nothing. That I got Vince like Gilligan. People live in New York or whatever, don't do this. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. This is this is all I got. All right, fine. <laughs> this, this I'll give Doug it to you then. From I'll Nickelodeon. Give it to you. Uh, was it Jim Jenkins? I think the guy who did Doug on Nickelodeon. The, he was from here as well. All right. So I have a couple of very quick recommendations. Uh, first of all, on a lark, Aaron and I uh, rewatched all of Ted Lasso mm. uh, about a month ago. Did you know that show is really good? Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> do out. a rewatch as it's the second season's coming, which is in July, which I'm yeah. super excited about. We're gonna do a rewatch before, before it comes back. Yep. Yep. Uh, I strongly recommend it. I love that show just as much, if not more as the first time I watched it. It is one of those rare things that I really believe in my heart. It lives up to the hype. And I don't, I've told so many people about the show and I cannot recall a single person that I have spoken to about the show that has said, eh, it was fine. I think people that don't have hearts. Yeah. I think you're probably right Uh, about that. um, uh, Uh, One thing I'm actually really excited about to watch the show again, to watch Ted Lasso again is going into it knowing how good it is and seeing how yeah. that feels. Because when I first watched it, people were like, oh, you should watch this. Like, you know, because it, it was only, you know, I started watching it maybe after a couple of episodes or whatever. So it was like, oh, this show's actually really good. Like it hadn't reached that fever yep, pitch yep, yep. level, no pun intended, of like, yep. no, this is an unbelievable tour de force of a television program that you need to see, you know? Yep. Uh, it, I really loved it. it. It holds up extremely well. I definitely recommend it. Uh, And then the other thing, and this is straight trash. I am telling you right now it's trash. Uh, But The Circle season two is now on Netflix. Uh, And I... I love this show. Well, I don't, I don't love the show. I like the show a lot. Um, this is actually a UK show. In fact, I think even the American one is filmed in Manchester. Oh, really? I think. Okay. Um, I, I would so, expect that they built the thing and then they just bring well, the American I think it's, show over. They, they to took the, over to like thing. an apartment building or mm-hmm. something like that. But yes, I think ultimately we're saying the same thing. Um, and the first season I think was better. Um, but the, this season is good and the finale comes out, uh, I believe tomorrow actually, as we record this, um, it is a stupid show. The premise is it's a bunch of people that are having a popularity contest, but the only way they can communicate is with this completely fabricated social network called the circle. So basically all they do is, you know, send DMS and have group chats and whatever it, it is stupid television. Again, cannot stress enough stupid television but it's very enjoyable stupid television and uh and i I definitely recommend it if you want something dumb to do and i think i have 
some amount of nostalgia for the circle because the circle and love is blind, which I actually preferred, uh, love is were blind like, was uh, so bad and so it was good. So bad. That was like and a, so, uh, so good beginning. No, love is, love is blind. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. Um, but it was for me, for Aaron and I love is blind and the circle. I'm pretty sure that's what they were. Um, were our two like binge watch shows at the beginning of quarantine. And so I yeah, have that some was amount the of, big, do you know the other one that's like so bananas to think about? Cause it feels like a million years ago, tiger King. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was around the beginning of time. the pandemic. It feels like that was forever ago. Yep. I actually didn't love Tiger King as much as everyone else uh-huh. seemed to, but nevertheless, uh, uh, Love is Blind, I think they are at some point coming up with more seasons of it, but The Circle Season 2 is out. I don't think it's worth another season. I, I don't think you could, I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. I mean, I'll watch it, right? Because we watched the first one and it was just like so good and bad, you know? And, and all, But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see. So yeah, so the circle is silly and 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 completely a waste of time, but it is a very delightful waste of time. In the same way that Love and Love is Blind was a waste of time, they're delightful waste of time, and I definitely recommend them. So uh, uh, check check out Ted Lasso if you haven't rewatch it if you have, or or maybe save it like for June because, uh, like you said, the next season starts in July. Uh, but Ted Lasso is phenomenal, and uh, and like I said, if you want some dumb television that you can turn your brain off and just let it soak over, you know, wash over you, uh, The Circle season two, that's what I got. Before we go, Casey, let's tell our listeners about another show here on Relay FM, Roboism. It's by Alex Cox and Kathy Campbell. The show recently got rebooted and added the wonderful Kathy. They explore how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and digital assistance are affecting our culture. Explore the humanity behind the bots that are quickly becoming part of our everyday life at relay.fm slash roboism or search roboism wherever you get your podcasts.